He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. I got my man Greg Bingers not in studio, but I got him on the line. GB, what up? What up, Keith? You caught me in mid-drink. I'm actually drinking pre-workout powder right now, not to work out, but to get to the show. How funny is that, man? Who does that? Unless you're really committed, you got to be committed. Pre-workout? You're drinking a pre-workout before the just show, I, but the I show. love it though, GB. Just to get to the show, absolutely. I love I it. Something. I don't do coffee. I don't have any more monster left, and I'm dead tired. So pre-workout's all I got. It's like, hopefully, it's all I need. Hey, a little bit of a long night for you. No monster in the refrigerator for you. But you got your pre-workout. You're going to bring the juice for recruiting. And I'm excited about it. GB, let's run down our segments for today. Of course, we just get into our intro right now. We're going to go on to our recruiting news in just a minute. We got a sleeper of the week who really impressed us over the weekend at the Elite 11. But he's not a quarterback, GB. We're going to recap the Elite 11, what we like, what we didn't like, who we liked. And uh, who stood out the most. And then we're going to bring this baby to a close. We got a short show today, but you know it's going to be jam-packed with information. And speaking of information, I got my man, Greg Biggins, the GOAT and guru in terms of recruiting. This guy knows from the rooter to the tutor. GB, hit us with what you got. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. So we had about two, four, we had six commitments, pretty big, impactful commitments. And let's see, one, two, three of them were quarterbacks. Dominoes are starting to fall, Keith. When one guy commits, usually it means one or two are going to follow pretty quickly after that. It's kind of how it is, but probably the biggest name, most most highly touted kid in this group would be none other than Mr. Mikhail Wright from Cajon. He's going to the Oregon Ducks, Keith. I know you're a fan of Mr. Mikael Wright. Why don't you break them down for me? First thing that stands out about Mikael Wright is his mentality, Greg. The guy is a football player through and through. He's built like a football player. He's not lean. He's not slim. He's thick. But thick in the in the right way, you know, pause, but thick in the right ways. He's, he's got the lower body that's explosive and sturdy. He's got the upper body with the shoulders, able to, able to deliver hits and shocks on impact. Not to mention his athleticism is top notch. The guy can turn and run with anybody in the business. He's got elite ball skills at the top of a route. Again, as a physical tackler coming up out the secondary, putting punishment on ball carries, Mikael Wright is an elite football player, a special prospect. To me, he's a program changer. Man, the Oregon Ducks strike gold with the 2019 two-way star. I call him a two-way star, GB, because on offense, he's spectacular. Running the ball, catching the ball at the backfield, or lining up outside, going vertical, taking people to the house. Mikael Wright, an elite football player, a special young man, and just an unbelievable get for the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, what anything that he, that he has as a weakness, an area to improve. Um, I mean, I don't see a weakness in his game, but what is one thing you think he you would like to see him get better at before he gets to that next level? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question, Greg. I think for me, for him to be the type of NFL player that I think he can be. Uh, I think he needs to be. Get, I think he needs to get better at the line of scrimmage. At the line of scrimmage, defensively as a corner, he can be better with his footwork. He can use his hands better, and also I think his ball skills in terms of finding the ball in flight, in phase, can improve. Not to say that he's not pretty good at it now, but if he wants to be a great football player, you want to be a first-round pick, you want to be a pro bowler, you've got to be able to find the football in the air and attack it as if it belongs to you and has your name on it consistently. Mikael Wright, he's got the ability, he's got the skills. Can he get coached up by you know Keith Hayward, who's a big-time defensive back coach, Dante Williams, 
you know, the proof is in the pudding, speaks for itself. Mikael Wright, man, everything is there for the taking. Special guy, special football player, GB. Yeah, I actually like his ball awareness and ball skills are two of my two of the things I think kind of makes him better than some of the other corners out there. I, I think he's a, a turnover machine. He's a guy who just makes plays, and I think he's a, a better athlete than giving credit for. Ran a four four eight at the Las Vegas Elite Eleven camp and looked like he was going four four eight too. So uh, no, I mean our, our top corner out west, the top five guy national Oregon Ducks, looking really really good. How about a good friend of the program? One of the hardest-hitting, most physical linebackers out west, Blake Anzalato, a tackling machine. 150 tackles last year. I think that led or was at least in the top three in the southern section. Going to the California Golden Bears to go play for Peter Sermon. Uh, that relationship those, uh, that he had with, with Coach Sermon was huge for him. Uh, Stanford was, was in the mix but hadn't offered yet. UCLA was in the mix but hadn't offered yet. I, they wanted him to camp. I think Blake just felt like, you know what? I'm done waiting around. I like Cal. I like the opportunity to play early. I like this depth chart. I like the academics. He wants to major in law. Uh, it's location-wise. He likes Berkeley. Just a good all-around fit for Blake. And again, depth chart kind of sits pretty well for him. He had a chance to go in there and play pretty early in Berkeley, Keith. Listen, Blake Anzalato's you know, people like to say he came out of nowhere. I don't believe that to be true, Greg. This kid was a good football player in the ninth grade. He stood out to me on tape. He's gotten better every year. He's got the underrated athletic ability and athleticism. He's a physical banger, sideline to sideline. He's a high IQ linebacker. I think you're right, GB. I think he is set to play early at Cal. I think he'll be ready to play early at Cal. And given the fact that Josh Wilcox, a defensive guy as your head coach, Peter Sermon, a former linebacker and outstanding linebacking coach there in Berkeley, he's a great fit in that Berkeley defensive system. It's kind of hybrid 3-4. Blake Anzalados could find himself on an all-pack 12 freshman team sooner than later. Yeah, Jake Smith, one of the top wide receivers out west, narrowed his choices down to Texas and USC, took his visits to both schools, and he went ahead and committed to Texas. That is their second big commitment out of Arizona for the Longhorns. Uh, picked up a pretty uh, outstanding tight end, Brandon Lebrock, earlier in the year. Jake Smith, man, this guy can go. He's explosive. He can stretch the field. He's good after the catch. Texas doing some damage out west. They're all over the west coast. I'm including Arizona in the west coast. Sure. I, I think the guy can be dynamic, and I, I really like, you know, what Texas is doing. We talked about it earlier. We, I, I, You know, Oklahoma has done such a great job. You got to think Coach Herman is saying, man, hey, why not us? Sure. If they can do it, let, let us go and, and get a guy. I'm not sure how much you've seen of Jake. Um, I'm sure you've seen his film. This guy can go. Has some of the best receiver tape that I've seen. And again, you you just if you're a, a, a team or just a fan of speed and explosive ability, Jake Smith's a guy whose tape is, is really fun to watch. Yeah, there's no doubt. And we've touched on it on previous shows. Jake Smith blew me away the first time I got a chance to watch his tape. His explosiveness and his suddenness as a receiver is just exceptional. He's got the ability to get behind you quickly and break you down if he's in front of you, if you're in front of him and uh, with the football in his hands. Jake Smith, elite, elite talent on the outside. And it, what's curious to me, Greg, USC losing battles on the recruiting front. Losing battles, not only just losing battles, but losing them to out-of-conference foes like Oklahoma, like Texas. Texas now is taking Jake Smith, one of the top players in Arizona, away from USC. They also got a commitment from Gabriel Floyd, one of the top linebackers in all the country, who decommitted from USC a while back. What, what, what do you what do you say about this? And the, really, the dynamic recruiting of these young head coaches across the country. First Lincoln Riley, now Tom Herman. You know, for me, the issue is that USC. They're going to be fine. They're going to get Cal Ford potentially. They're in the mix there. They lead for Brew McCoy. They like Puka Nasia. My issue, Keith, is what's going on with Herm Edwards and Kevin Sumlin, right? Yeah. You know both those two guys came in saying, hey, 
We're going to build a fence around the state. The best players in Arizona will not be leaving. Well, guess what? Two of the best players in Arizona have both decided to leave, and not just leave to go play for a Pac-12 school, but leave to go play for Texas. And that's always been the issue for both Arizona and ASU. They struggle to keep those top guys in state. And of the top ten, uh, not even top ten, I said the top five players in Arizona every year, those two schools rarely get them. Yeah. And if they want to be competitive at, at a high, high level, they got to keep those in-state guys and then go out and still recruit heavily in California and Texas. But they can't let these guys get away. Like, USC is going to be good, but, you know, those two schools, man, they, they got to do a better job, in my eyes, of keeping the top in-state talent in-state. Yeah, I, w- I, wonder, I wonder what the culture is. To me, that's a culture issue. What's the culture? What's the climate in Arizona, GB, and, and you know, I don't know how much time you spend in Arizona if you ever even go out there, or who you know out that way. But what I wonder what the climate is in Arizona to where year in and year out the top prospects leave the state. What I want to know what is their perception of the two in-state schools, and why do they feel? Why do the prospects in Arizona feel like the in-state schools maybe? aren't good enough for them, aren't prestigious enough for them, don't provide a big enough platform for them. I'm, I'm curious. I'd like uh, to know. You hit it. I think you hit it. I think you're 100% right. I, and I, don't, I don't know if you're just speculating, but I think everyone, every single point you just made is things that I've heard. Yeah. I think many of those kids don't grow up with their dream school being ASU or Arizona. Right. You know, if you grow up in Florida, your dream school is probably going to be Florida State, Florida, Miami. You grew up in Texas, your dream school is probably going to be Texas, Texas A&M, Texas A&M or Oklahoma. Even in California, most kids are going to have it at USC. A few will have it at UCLA. But Arizona kids don't really dream of going and playing for Arizona. They think, you know what, I want that big stage. And they want to go and play for a school that they perceive to be uh, a little more prestigious. Um Again, keep saying the, the, the bigger stage. And I think that's what needs to turn around. It's kind of a like chicken or the egg thing. Sure. In order to stop pushing to turn around, they sure. got to win games. They got to win games. In order to win games, you got to get those kids. Yeah. Right? So, what, what, what you know, something's got to give first. Uh, but yeah, speaking of ASU, they were able to land uh, quarterback Ethan Long from Westland, Oregon. Is that school ring a bell for you at all, Keith? Westland, Oregon? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Molden? I know I'm he- going even further back. I'm going back to kind of think back to when you played, but how about a guy named Cade McNown? Cade McNown, you're right. With a Westland kid. So a, a quarterback was a big priority for ASU. Ethan Long, kind of a sleeper kid. We saw him in Vegas, and he tested off the chart. The guy has a little bit of Tim Tebow-ness to him. Yeah. 6'2", 210, ran 4'6". Uh, you watch his tape, and the first play of him is just trucking a guy at the goal line. Nice. Not as advanced as a thrower right now as he's going to be. Um, but, he, again, he's an athlete. Can throw the ball down the field. I, I think he's got some upside and potential. I kind of like the pickup, and they're not done yet. They want to bring in two guys. Right. And Joey Yellen is looking at ASU in Georgia. Uh, also, Oregon State and Colorado State are in the mix. But I, I get the sense from Joey that, you know, the two schools he's visited are Georgia and ASU. Therefore, you got to assume those are probably the two schools out in front. So ASU still wants Joey badly. Uh, Georgia uh, is is still involved there. So ASU could end up with Joey Allen and Ethan Long. That'd be a nice little one-two punch for those guys. Yeah. You know what? Joey Yellen, I think it may be a little undervalued regionally. Um, I don't know if Georgia's a fit. They're loaded at quarterback. Who wants to go sit behind that superstar they got who just checked in? But um, you get him yeah, over Justin at Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. You get him over at ASU. Joey Yellen is an experienced, poised, high-character, low-volume football player. Low-maintenance, right? He's a guy that can get a job done, run an offense, distribute the football, ASU might be a great place for him coming out of Chad Johnson's spread offense this year at Mission Viejo, the new head coach coming over from Bosco, transitioning into Arizona State's potentially spread offense next year. Might be a good fit. Might be a really good fit. But uh, I'm intrigued with the quarterback from Westland, Oregon. Uh, I do know that ASU was on the prowl for a dual threat guy that could run it and throw it with equal effectiveness. 
This kid sounds like he fits the bill. Joey Yellen, though, not to be slept on, GB. The kid has talent. He has character. He has smarts. He's going to be looking to jump in and take some reps from somebody. So we'll see how that unfolds as we move forward here. Yeah, good kid. Like, I like Joey yeah. a lot. Uh, two more quarterbacks popped uh, in the last week. Gunnar Cruz uh, committed to Washington State. Kind of a, uh, a unique fit. You think of Washington State, you always think of that system, the Mike Leach system. Sure. Which is guys that are, you know, maybe not the big arms, but just smart with the football, uh, quick release, you know, can... I don't want to call them game managers. People get insulted by that. But just really, you know, do a good job of, of delivering the football, uh, making those quick reads, quick decisions. Gunnar Cruz, the big 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, big arm kid who can get the ball down the field, big arm. Um, so a good, good fit, I think, in terms of the fact that, you know what, this guy's a pure passer. And I think in Mike Leach's system, you know, he's going to tailor it to whatever his quarterback is. So whether it be a guy who's, you know, maybe just that six feet, six one guy who, who you know can't throw it as far, but he still can make accurate reads. He'll find a way to get make make that work. Gunnar Cruz is kind of a guy who can get the ball down the field and, and make throws. So um, there you go for the Washington State Cougars. Gunnar Cruz and also Luke McCaffrey, who yes is the younger brother of all the other McCaffreys, right. Dylan McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey, uh, son of Ed McCaffrey, Stanford late great. He is going to the University of Nebraska. Uh, playing quarterback. So that is their quarterback right there. Luke didn't even start last year. Uh, actually played behind Blake Sendstrom at Valor Christian. So um, Luke still got in a little bit. Um, showed enough for Nebraska to go on. I mean, he had a lot of offers. went just Nebraska, but he went ahead and chose Nebraska. So the interesting thing with that is that probably shuts the door down on a guy who I think Nebraska was probably in the top three or four for, Michael Johnson Jr., who we're going to hope to get on the show uh, one of these days. Sure. Um, Michael Johnson Jr. also will visit Penn State this week. I've got to kind of segue over. We're done with commitments now. I'll kind of segue over uh, to kind of visits and whatnot. Michael Johnson will trip to Penn State this weekend, and uh, Miami is also heavily involved with uh, with Johnson Jr. He's already visited Miami one time. He might go back there again in July, so you know, spots are filling up. I mean, ASU was one of his final seven. They took a guy. Nebraska was in his final seven. They took a guy. Oregon was in his final seven. Whereas Pops is the receiver coach. They took a guy in Cal Millen. So it's, it's like I said, it's dominoes. And if, if you wait too long, you definitely run the risk of missing out on your top choice. A few more recent visits over the weekend. We saw a couple of our, uh, our top corner backs from this region. Chris Steele. And Max Williams took official visits. Chris still went to Florida. That's his second visit. And Max Williams went to Louisville. Uh, kind of wondering what the connection there with, with Louisville is. But you know what? Coach did a great job. Knows the pops really well, actually, with uh, Max Senior's DB coach, position coach at Nevada years ago, now at Louisville. So Max Jr. took a visit and, and loved it. So USC, Oregon, uh, Notre Dame, they're all involved with, with Max right now and Chris Steele. Watch out for those Gators, man. I've always said he's not going to leave home. USC is the team to beat. He will visit USC on June uh, 22nd of this month. But Florida, I think, is definitely giving Chris Still a whole lot to think about right now. Mm. Uh, South Carolina is still involved. Miami is still involved. Oregon's hanging around. But my gut right now kind of says this could come down to a Florida, if he wants to leave home, versus USC, which has always been the hometown favorite. The, the school that I think the family probably wants him at because it's close to home. They like the academics. They like the alumni support after football. So it's kind of setting up to be a pretty interesting decision for Mr. Christopher Steele. Wow. Florida, USC. Doesn't bode well for the Trojans, considering they've been on the short end of the stick with some pretty elite prospects as of late. Chris Steele was a heavy USC lean, but the Gators creeping on the come up. <laughs> creeping like a creeper. Man, they you are going to... Listen, I think you're right, Greg. I think Florida... I don't. I wouldn't call them a sleeper school, sleeper team to beat. I think it's probably neck and neck. If you ask me, Florida might be... Sur- they might have surged ahead from this past official visit. Chris Steele, elite, cornerback, extremely physical, extremely aggressive, very athletic. DBU, maybe? The Swamp, maybe? Coach Dan Mullen, 
Hey, it's tough to turn down. The Trojans better get their act together on this recruiting scene. Let me tell you that. Our guy's going to be jumping ship quick. I think what it is, Keith, is these schools in the South just recruit so much heavier right now at this time of year. But, what do you, but, you know, but Greg, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Greg, but you make a good no, point. No, but, I, hey, but I want you to expand ahead. on what you mean by that. They recruit right. heavier. What I mean by that is this. If you're a school in the South, you know your only chance at getting a kid from the other side of the country is just overwhelm him with attention and love. Yeah. You, you can't just, and that's why they offer kids. You know, Alabama's offered kids. They will never take it a million years. Right. Out West. Right. I'm not going to name me. I don't want to embarrass any kids. Sure. But we both seen Alabama offer kids. And we know those weren't committable offers, right? Right. But in order to get a kid's attention, they have to offer them. And it's always like offer now, evaluate later. Of course. And, and Florida and Miami and LSU and South Carolina, uh, all these schools, man, they are just recruiting these guys so stinking hard. Chris Steele, you know, right now, Florida and South Carolina, you know, they're recruiting these guys so stinking hard. In comparison, they're going, man, USC, they're just not showing me the same amount of love. Well, the local schools typically have the, you know, the, 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 the feeling of, Hey, these guys are local. You know, we can get them anytime we want. We can, you know, we can, yeah, we'll, we'll pay them a little bit of attention, but, you know, we'll turn up later on in the year. Well, these guys want to be turned up, like, right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so it's not just the fact that they're not feeling as much love from the local school. It's that they're getting so much overwhelming attention from schools on the other side of the country. And that's what, that's what makes it a really tough decision. And, you know, Chris, USC gets that last shot. You know, they're going to get that last visit on June 22nd. Yeah. And you, you know they're going to go all in. Because when USC wants to, man, no one can do it like they do. When they really want a kid. So they're going to go all in on June 22nd. And they're going to have to. Because right now, I, I do know, you know, at one point, I think we all thought, yeah, Chris is just kind of messing around. He, he just wants the attention of these big-time national programs. But at the end of the day, he can't leave home. Right now, I think he can. C-A-N. I think he can leave home. Yeah. And, and Florida's doing a really good job, and so is South Carolina. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think USC's going to have to make a huge impression. I mean, they've already slipped out of probably, you know, not just the top spot, but probably the top three or four for Kayvon Thibodeau. Wow. You know what I'm saying, Keith? Right now, KT, I think he's leaning toward leaving home, too. Again, LSU, Florida State, Florida, all those schools, I think, right now are probably leading for Kayvon. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting, dude. It's really, it's really interesting. Speaking of schools in the South, uh, Alabama just offered uh, Cathedral defensive lineman Stephon Wright. Right. He took a visit out there. That was huge for him. Also offered 2020 DB Clark Phillips. So, Bama, you know, again, they're not shy about throwing offers out there at all. Uh, the Oregon Ducks offered Julian Simon. I think Oregon is probably the one school out west that does kind of recruit with that same kind of mentality of just, man, we're going to overwhelm kids with attention. Julian Simon, Lincoln High School, 2021. This is a kid that both my guy, B. Huff, and, and Tracy Ford feel is an elite, elite, yeah, elite prospect. kid in sure. that 21 class. Yeah. yeah. How about Luca Diamond? Didn't even play last year. Had a uh, had a head injury. Missed the whole entire sophomore season. He's a 2020 kid, if I didn't already say that. But he's picked up in the last week offers from Alabama, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. So the little Venice gunslinger, not little, the Venice gunslinger, I think he's poised for a big junior year. He's really, really motivated right now. How about Tom Dell, linebacker, John Ward, picked up an offer from UCLA at their camp. Nice. He was probably the, the headliner at their camp over the uh, over the weekend. Although I think you could see a, a few more offers going out later on in the year. I was told by my guy Michael Clayton over at Narbonne that they really love a couple of their players, Brandon Jones and um, Jordan Banks, but they're both 2020 kids. They don't want to offer any 2020 kids until the season starts. Yeah. They want to see these guys with pads on first. How about Makai Polk at El Cerrito, formerly of Dorsey High School? He was offered by Cal. Uh, that could be big. He's got a, a ton of family in the Bay Area. That's why he moved out there from Dorsey to right. El Cerrito. So right. Makai Polk, the 6'3", 6'4", long, athletic, kind of a receiver DB. I think the Cal Bears could be in a pretty good spot for him. How about Antioch 2020 DB? Dewan Butler also got an offer from Cal. Uh, Antioch High School produced a pretty good running back a couple years ago, Keith. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> Last name Harris, first name Najee. That would be him. 
How about Mark Perry, Rancho Cucamonga DB? Like him. From, yeah, me too. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes. Nice. My favorite teams from back in the day. I love those helmets. I love the uniforms of the Colorado Buffaloes back in the Bill McCartney, Eric Bieniemy, Arian Hagen days. Which was some fun teams. DJ, Wuyan LA, offered from South Carolina. He's going on a little little swing of the South in, uh, I want to say next week, like around June 10th, 11th, 12th. Right. Him and Elias Ricks, little uh, modern-day Bosco connection. They're going to go out there together and visit Alabama and Clemson. Alabama has offered both kids. Clemson has offered neither kid. So I got to think uh, once they get a load, uh, a load, once they get a look of Elias Ricks and DJ, you can't draw them up any better than that. You got to think Clemson is going to offer both those two kids, won't you? ZB, I'm with you in your first take. Once, once, wait until they get a load of this. <laughs> you, you talk about two elite prospects. Forget the West Coast. Forget the nationally, worldwide, 2020. Global. Global. You kidding Global. me? Clemson, come up off that. We need that. Let's go. But USC has offered a DB who goes by the name of Cameron Savvy Kalanit. Hmm. UCLA offered a week ago. USC offered this week. I wonder if these schools know that the kid's already committed to Washington, and he's pretty solid with that. I'm, I want to say, man, where were these offers a month, two, three months ago? Did something change in the last couple of months? He didn't camp with them. Right now, it's a little bit too late. Cam is really happy with his Washington commit. He said, as long as that coaching staff stays there, I'm going there. And I don't see Coach Pete going anywhere anytime soon. No. How about Bo Collins? 2021 from St. John Bosco picked up an SEC offer from the University of Arkansas. How about one of the elite running backs in the 2020 West Coast, West Coast class out of Arizona? Bijan Robinson offered by Nebraska. Nebraska's middle of the schools who does a great job recruiting West Coast kids heavily. And then Noah Sewell, the younger brother of Panay Sewell, yes, uh, he was offered by Washington following their camp over the weekend. That Washington camp, they had some, they had some talent. Michael Pittman was out there. Puka and the Sewell, uh, a couple really good-looking receivers, both out out at Washington for their camp. They do a good job. Uh, Mickey Ayu from Hawaii, uh, he was out there at Washington. Also visited Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, talking about recent visits, Bo Taylor from Bishop Gorman, uh, he camped with UCLA. Already had an offer from. UCLA, uh, Teron Madison, a uh, good-looking running back from Beaumont. He, uh, he took a visit to Oregon State. That was an unofficial visit. So um, those are some of the recent visits. And I mentioned some some visits coming up. I already mentioned Michael Johnson Jr. He'll be at Penn State. And also this uh, this coming Wednesday, Orange Lutheran teammates Kyle Ford and Ethan Ray will take unofficial trips to the University of Oregon. And then again, I've said it a, a number of times. Oregon man, they do a great job of getting kids on campus from Southern California area. They're doing a really good job with that. And uh, those are two huge targets for them, Ethan Ray and Cal Ford. They'll both be there on Wednesday. And that's all I got, Coach Keith. That's it, GB? That is it, my man. Still packed with knowledge, information, dates, prospects, visits, offers. Greg Biggins, I always appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Even if I don't tell you all the time, you are an absolute jewel to the show. There's no I doubt about that. it. No question. So uh, a lot of things going on with recruiting. Uh, but right now, GB, it's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week brought to you by Sit and Sleep. GB, it's a kid who initially 
didn't wow me, of course. Undersized, um, not a blazer. But I was won over by this weekend at the Elite 11. This kid's not a quarterback. Of course, the Elite 11 is about the quarterback, the development of quarterbacks, the showcase of quarterbacks. But my sleeper of the week, he wowed me not with his talent, GB. He wowed me with his effort, with his attention to detail, with his coachability. Um, I loved his hands. I loved his route running. I loved how he finished his the plays. I love how he competed in the seven on seven portion. He, I think he was there all three days. He gave tremendous effort. Didn't say a word of negativity to anybody. He just went out, did his job, and was about his business for three straight days, helping out the quarterbacks, giving them a great look and a great target to throw to. My man Aaron East, 2020 receiver. Narbonne High School. He's a recent transfer from Long Beach Poly. I was on the sideline talking to Curtis Conway. I said, Curtis, I really like this kid. I love the way he sets his routes up. I really like the way he comes out of his break with his, with his, with his chin snatched around, finding a football with his hands. I said, man, I'd love him. I'd throw him in the slot in a second. Curtis said, Keith, he doesn't have to be in a slot. And then Curtis schooled me on this, GB. He said, he doesn't have to be in a slot. He said people want to box those receivers in that are a little smaller and put them in the slot. But why can't this kid play outside? He can be quick, get off the line of scrimmage. And the only reason I said in the slot was I don't know if he has the top end speed to separate from elite cornerbacks, number one cornerbacks, number two cornerbacks. But that's something that can be proven over time. But Curtis schooled me a little bit, see Conway. And he said, Keith, he can play outside, he can play inside. The thing is, he's quick. He's a terrific route runner. He's got great hands. Those are the same thing that makes Aaron East from Narbonne High School 2020. My sleeper of the week, GB. Really impressed with this kid. His work ethic was tremendous. His attitude was great. And then he's got football ability. He might not get out and run 4-3. He might not run 10-5. But he's got that quickness from A, B to C. He's got terrific hands to finish. He's got that heart and that toughness. He's a former Carson Colt Pop Warner kid, so I know what he's built from. Aaron East, this week's Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. Congratulations. GB? Yeah, I love that. I love that selection. I love Aaron East. And in, in for the exact same things that you said, man, the guy just works so hard. Man. I, I don't, there's nothing I value more than a guy who just goes out and works hard and grinds. Yeah. And like you said, he was there all three days, the whole entire day, running every single route like it was his last. And he did the same thing at the Steve Clarkson retreat the week before. And I wanted to kind of shout him out then. I mentioned Seven McGee. Yeah. But East was just busting his tail. Yeah. And he's trying to get better. And, you know, these, this, these camps can't survive without receivers. So, you know, you, you got to have the receivers going out there. And, and let's be honest, dude, uh, the lead 11, we'll get to that in a minute. But the receivers were bad. I mean, they, they hurt the camp. No question. When they're doing seven on seven and these quarterbacks are graded and you're, you're seeing four or five drops every single game, dude, that hurts you. And it hurts your momentum. And, you know, yeah, the quarterback still gets points for the throw being correct. But when you still look at, you know, 10 for 20 with three drops, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Nor does you. It's a drive killer. Dude, Aaron East was easily one of the best receivers there. He was always open. He was working his tail off. He had no drops. Um, and again, dude, I, I used to think back in high school, you know, when I was in student sports even, it used to be, like, easy to go find receivers. You know, receivers always wanted to go find someone to throw them, throw them the ball. Nowadays, it's like pulling teeth. Right. And I think it's probably because they play so much seven on seven, they're kind of burnt out. But man, there's an opportunity to go catch passes from 24 of the best quarterbacks in the country, along with some pretty cool college counselors. Do go out and get some work, right? If you're a receiver, why not? But it, it, it's not easy to get guys to go out there. But Aaron East, all three days, the whole entire day, he worked his tail off and he got better. And he's so staking coachable. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's fun. And, so, yeah, I, I definitely co-sign on Aaron East. He's, he's a dude, man. I, I hope he has a great year at Narbon this coming season. Yeah, th- to me, there's there's no doubt about it, Greg. Um, 
you know, he wasn't blessed with a terrific, you know, gene pool in terms of size. You know, he's not 6'5", but uh, I said it last week's show, a competitor is going to come, a real competitor, a true competitor, deep down in your heart, a true competitor is going to come out and compete when he gets the chance. He's Even when he doesn't have the chance to compete, he's chomping at the bit. He's thirsty. I can't wait to get out there and show everybody what I can do. Now, will he have that same hunger? Will he have that same chip on his shoulder once he gets two, three, four, five offers? We'll see. But I tell you this, man, and I've said this in the past, and I'll say it in the future. Give me a guy who's going to bust his tail, work every day to improve, and continuously compete with a great attitude and coachability. Greg, that's a guy who finds his way on the field, he finds a scholarship, finds his way into the NFL, and plays eight to nine years on special teams, inside or outside. Shout out to my man, Seaway. Listen, it's hard to beat a guy that never quits, GB. That's one thing I know about this game of life and this game of football. Aaron East, congratulations, man. My hand's yeah, off to you. I don't think offers will change him at all. He's not. He's he's just built differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out to Eric. Eric, he's pop. Aaron is just built where he could have a hundred offers or no offers. He's still gonna grind. That's just kind of how he's wired. Some kids you can tell, right? You, you can just tell this kid. This kid is a cocky old turd. And when he gets offers, he's gonna get. You know, he's gonna go big time. You can just see it. Yeah. Not with Aaron. You can just tell, man. The guy's he just wired. The guy's just a football player. You can just see it. So yeah. Hopefully, should hopefully that happens, right? Hopefully, we can talk about that and say, hey, you know, Aaron got five offers and 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 he's still playing hard. Hopefully, we can just say that about him because uh, that'd be great. He's, he's definitely deserving. He's gonna be productive this year. There's no question about that. He will be productive. He's gonna catch, you know, forty balls, thirty-five balls. 30 balls for, you know, 600 yards, break a couple of long ones and about seven or eight touchdowns. He's going to have a productive year. He's going to get a chance to get back on the circuit next year in the camp circuit and such, you know, seven on seven. He's always productive. He just finds a way to get open, finds a way to make plays. College coaches, they're going to pay attention. They'll, they'll wake up. I don't think they're asleep. I think they'll wake up, they'll see him, and they'll, they'll respect his grind. So with that being said, GB... Let's recap this Elite 11. Why don't you go ahead and get a start in terms of what you liked, who you liked. Let's start with day one. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to necessarily need to break it down day one, day two, day three. Okay. Um, you know, let, let's just let's just put, you know, the elephant in the room. It's not a great year for quarterbacks. It really isn't. And if I'm a top 40 program, just being transparent and just being – just keep it a real coach. If I'm a top 40 program, I probably wouldn't offer more than five guys, you know, yeah. maybe six guys. Yeah. Um, and it was tough. You know, they picked 24 and they got down to 12 and, you know, going to give myself and my guy Blair a little bit of pat on the back. We correctly picked all 12 guys uh, the day before they announced it on Monday. Yeah. Um, and it was tough, dude, because after the first, Again, seven or eight, there was a, a group of about eight to 15. They're all kind of jumbled together. We had uh, Spencer Rattler as our top guy of the weekend. Thought he was most consistent. Think he's got some, you know, some real special qualities about him. He just brings a, a kind of a, a certain amount of energy and swagger. He's got a little bit of a, not cockiness, but a high level of confidence in the way he plays. Yeah, I think he's got more arm talent than I expected. I, I saw him at the LA Nike camp opening regional in San Diego. Actually, he was in California, but at the San Diego Chargers <laughs> facility. Okay, I was about to say, um, I missed that one. The Chargers facility in Southern California. Um, he's, he's got a live, accurate arm. He can spin it, but he's a high-level athlete. Going to Oklahoma, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Can you, I mean, if you're the Sooners, Lincoln Riley, can you, you can't draw up a guy better for that system, can you? No, you cannot, GB. And I've been watching this kid for three years since he was a freshman. And I actually said to my guy, Adam Froman, who, who evaluates our quarterbacks uh, over at National Preps, I said, this guy will rival JT Daniels. He said, no way. JT's head and shoulders, no way. I said, I'm on the table for Spencer Rattler. Now, does he rival JT Downs? I don't know about that. But 
he's really good. And let me tell you, you talk about a fit, Greg Biggins, a fit with Lincoln Riley. Shh, man, listen, he is going to be a problem in Norman. Spencer Rattler, he can go. Big time competitor, big time confidence. You're right. Nail on the head, GB. Big time confidence. What did you think? So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna kind of go in uh, maybe order of how we finished the the week. And again, this is this is not trying to. You know, this, this is not a list of who the best prospects are, but this is strictly who we thought had the best week. Uh, the, the 12 guys. Yeah. I think our number two guy. I'm kind of looking up as we speak, but I don't want to have a bunch of dead air here. So I want to say. Either it was Bo Nix or Ryan Holinsky. Okay. They were, I want to say they were two and three. Okay. For us. Sure. Um, yeah, we had we had Ryan Holinsky number two. Yeah. I thought he was solid on Friday. I thought he was exceptional on Saturday. Yes. And I, and I thought he was solid on Sunday. You know, Sunday was a day where we had a lot, a lot of drop balls. You know, someone was, uh, was trying to tell me, oh, you know, he checked down too much. I'm like, okay, well... Here's your options when everybody's down the field is covered. You can either throw the ball and do triple coverage and get it picked off, or you check it down, you complete the pass, and you finish the drive with a touchdown. Like, not calling anybody out, but that was, for me, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard anyone say to me. I can't believe that was even said to you. It just and sounds it so ridiculous. Someone, it was said by someone who I kind of respect a little bit as, as a football guy. Wow. Well, you know, I wanted to see him drive the ball down the field more. He's checking down too much. Are you actually looking at who's open down the field? No, but everyone else is throwing that down the field. What does that mean? So because everybody else is throwing the ball down the field with guys open, Ryan should also, when he does not have guys open. Throw the ball down the field. (laughs) Makes no sense to me when some people say such nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe maybe he meant it in another way. Maybe it was some type of misunderstanding because I can't imagine that logically went through somebody's head. I mean, let's 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 put it. He felt like he was playing too conservatively and safe, and not taking chances. Which I, yeah, you know, I get it. It's fun to see somebody rip it forty yards down the field, but not when no one's open. I, GB, I was standing next to somebody. Um, it might have been Marv, Coach Marv uh, Pollard, Marvin Pollard yeah. over at Sarah. Uh, and I said, and we, we were watching, I think it might have been Helensky, maybe somebody else. They were playing against that one particular defense, GB, that Helensky played against. And I told Marv, looked at, him, I said, just check it down. Check it down. And when you get an opening, try to throw it over their head. And I was just talking to Marv in terms of what a quarterback should be thinking, what his thought process should be against that defense because a defense loaded like they were with Darion Green, Warsi, Lyris, Riggs, LV, Bunkley, there wasn't space down the field. They were playing cover four. They were taking all the way, all deep routes, and they were going to make you check it down. Well, if that's what they make you do, that's what you do to move the sticks. Got to move to six. It's so, all about, especially at the Elite 11. And that's why I explained to, the, to, to my guy. I said, dude, you got to understand how they grade this event. Trent Dilfer and those guys are West Coast offense guys. They, You get no more points for a five-yard pass than you do for a 40-yard pass. Right. And I, I do my last year of student sports was Trent's first year. I liked Trent a lot. But my first year, we kind of butted heads because I thought that was lame. I thought you should get more points if you take a chance down the field and complete a 20-yard pass versus a little one-yard pass. Yeah. Five yard pass, and he goes, nope, nope, nope. All completions are equal, the same. And I said, okay, hey, you're the head coach, but that's how you're judged. So shoot, man, if you're trying to make the elite eleven, you're not going for style points, man. You're going to finish drives, complete passes, and and that's what Ryan did. You know, one thing I noticed about Ryan, and my guy Brian Stump kind of told me this, and I hope I'm not trying to throw Brian under the bus. I don't know if you noticed this, Keith, from the first time I saw uh, Ryan this off season, and I, I love Ryan. You know I love Ryan. Yeah, of course. This is said in love. Go with it. You know that that jersey of his. It's a little snug. Yeah, a little tighter. A little snug. A little, little snugger than I remembered that jersey. That same jersey fitting, you know, maybe back in February or March. Yeah. I think Ryan's I, put on about ten pounds. I think I think I can February. agree with that. I and think, uh, yep, he's, dude, he's our guy is two forty. Really? I want to see Ryan back to about two twenty five, two thirty. I agree. And you know what? He's a kid. If he wants to, if he wants to enjoy his off season and, and you know take part and you know maybe a few extra you know Twinkies or a couple pieces of pizza. You know what, Ryan? You go for it. I don't care. At the same time, you know, just make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of your, your girlish figure. 
we, we gotta ew, we gotta stay lean and trim. Yeah, we gotta keep our, our you know gotta keep that mobility, gotta keep that athleticism. Yeah, you know I want, want those drops to be explosive. I want those rollouts to be you know dynamic. I want you to be more like outside the pocket. But I love Ryan. No, I know I, everyone does as well. But I, here's this for a stack. Yeah. I'll let you talk. No, go I ahead. Know, uh, it, you know, Brian said they interviewed every quarterback and asked them, hey, who was the guy that you would start a team with? You can't pick yourself. And Ryan got more votes than any other quarterback. Right. Big time leader. Yep. Intangible guy. Intangibles. Sure, there's no doubt about it. And, and I, I agree. I concur with those sentiments, GB. Jersey was a little snug. Dry fit wasn't dry anymore. Uh, you know, my, Ryan might have put on a couple, but you know, listen, Ryan knows how much we love and care about him. I thought a few months ago his body had changed for the better. Now, when you go on these trips, GB, it's not like you're eating beans and chicken. They're going to feed, or you're going to feed yourself some of the best food that that town has to offer. They're going to take you to the best restaurants to make sure you get a sniff of what's available out there uh, in that part of the country. So, you know, taking those college tours and whatnot, you get to eat in a ton. You might put on a couple pounds, but, you know, Ryan's a very head. He's a very savvy guy, very headstrong. He'll take these comments won't take him to heart, but he'll make sure he files him into his mental Rolodex, do the proper things he needs to do to get his body, you know, five to 10 pounds, a little bit more trim. I think 230, 228 might be a good number for him. Ryan's a big, strong dude, you know? Yeah, but I don't want Ryan at 205. No, no, no. Um, but I don't want him to be Ben Roethlisberger just yet. You know, yeah. let's 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 wait till we're a ten year NFL vet. I agree. And, uh, no, dude, Ryan can give it as well as he takes it. Just the next time he sees me, he's gonna say, "Hey, GB, I noticed in your you, you put on a couple pounds." There, there's Ryan, no, Ryan, but, there's, there's Ryan no. Awesome big Dave. You know, DJ's dad. Ryan yeah. does the best big Dave imitation I've ever heard. The next time you see him, it's hilarious. I've so got Ryan's to see up. it, dude. It's it's on point. It's wow, textbook. Nice. So moving on, Bo Nick. Was our number three guy yeah. uh, going to Auburn? Obviously, he had a lot of family ties there. He's uh, from Pinsonville High School in Alabama. Yeah, I, I like Bo. I think he's got a college body right now. I think he's really smart, efficient with the football. I, I think he uh, a guy who I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses with. I thought he had a good, solid week every single day. I mean, I probably wasn't in my top three any of those days, but I would say he's probably in my top five or six every single day. Just really consistent. And, and again, talking about lead eleven and. <clears throat> A big part of it was what we as, as fans don't don't know, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. These kids, you know, chalk talk. They get them in the room and, and draw plays. They have to they read, you know, get their psychological profile. They do a, a, a an eight man interview panel where they ask these kids a tough question to kind of see what makes them tick. Kind of sure. see, do this kid really love football? Right. Um, that's important. A part part of their evaluation. So, and Bo checked out really really well in all those areas. And right behind Ryan, he, he got second. He was the second best, best or most, whatever the terminology would be, the, the second most votes for who uh, these guys would start a program with was Bo Nix. So overall, good week. I knew Bo would sail through to the opening finals, and he did just that. Yeah, no, a uh, couple of surprises for me. Um, Michael Johnson Jr., kind of known more of an as it more of as an athlete than as a quarterback threw the ball I thought pretty well um threw it pretty well Saturday when I was there in his pro day GB comes back Sunday executes really well shows good leadership from the signal caller position throws a couple touchdowns leads his team down to 707 very very Pleasantly, I wouldn't say surprised, just reassured that he's continuing to improve as a passer. Okay, reassured, uh, I think is a better word. Um, Talia Tagavailoa thought he what had. What order are you going in right now? No. Are we not going to talk about the 12 guys who got locked in? Or are you just going to go in your own little crazy? Oh, order? I was just going, I was just going on, on, on things that stood out for me, Greg. <laughs> okay, keep going. So, Talia. yeah, Talia Tagavailoa. Again, I, I thought he showed an explosive arm. I thought he showed it last week or a couple weeks ago at the the quarterback retreat. Explosive arm. Jumps out uh, when watching him. Struggled a little bit at times, I think in the seven-on-seven portion. But it was a struggle against that defense <laughs> that these quarterbacks were facing. 
uh, you know, spearheaded by Ricks, Green Warren, LB Bunkley. They made it difficult for a lot of people. And then lastly, Brian Maurer, Greg. He was my shock and awe of the Elite 11. I came out of the Elite 11 thinking to myself, this kid looks like a young Tom Brady with the ball in his hands and the gun. You talk about smooth. You talk about a quick release. You talk about big-time accuracy to all three levels. You talk about a relentless passion for the game, a fiery competitor who wanted to stick it to a defense every time he got the chance. That kid was big-time, man. His biggest offer right now is West Virginia, Boston College, uh, Appalachian State. He's not very highly regarded in terms of schools trying to go get him. <laughs> Let me tell you how quick that's going to change, GB. It should change now. Not now, but right now. This kid is a baller. Mark it down. Take a picture. I don't care. I'm on the table for Brian Maurer. I think he's special. I cannot wait to see how he continues to develop moving forward. He's big time. I saw big time things, special things out of him, out of him as a quarterback. I was impressed. Yeah, no, no, he was in our top group. Liked him a lot. He's got a phenomenal story as well. Raised by his grand. I mean, I don't want to tell his story. It might not be what he wants, but he told it at the over the weekend. But uh, didn't really have a mom or a dad in his life growing up. Humble beginnings. Extremely. So. Yeah. Um, I would always caution, not just in direction at you, I'd always caution people because I've been in, I, involved in this event for 20 years. I would always say this. Don't get too high or too low based on a three-day shortened church workout. This is true. Wait till you see the film. Wait till you see how the guy is in pads. There's a reason why some of these guys start off and, and we kind of need to repeat how the you know votes were cast by the Elite 11 staff. These guys are ranked 1 through 24 coming in. But I thought on that first day... You weren't there Friday, Keith, but I thought Zach Calzada threw the ball better than anybody. Yeah. He started off the week really, really low because his film was just okay. His stats were just okay. He didn't have, you know, the best numbers. But in that shirt and shorts workout, throwing on air, man, he can really, really do some things. So I like Brian Maurer quite a bit. Um, we had him in our group, and he was definitely deserving. He, he was low going in. I can tell you that. He did not start off in their top 12. He finished in their top 12, but he did not start off that way. So I, I want to watch the tape. Yeah. I want to know why a guy from Florida only has, you know, some of those smaller offers and not any of those big three schools. Sure. He doesn't come from a little small area. He comes from Westport and Ocala, which, you know, they play decent football. So oh, this guy's not absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I want to I know more about a kid. But I will say this. For those three days, I loved – everything about the kid. I love, like you said, the energy he played with in the 7-on-7. Seven seven. Yeah. And he was chest bumping the receivers. Yeah. The fast tempo, up tempo. I like what you said about Kalalia. Dude, I saw him last week at the Clarkson deal and I was really impressed with his hose. The guy has an absolute cannon for an arm. He can make difficult throws that no one else can make look easy because he can really spin it. He rips that football in there and some tight windows. Um, I, I like Michael Johnson better than I did a year ago. A lot better. I thought he actually could have gotten one of those last two spots. You know, Jaden. I think it kind of came down to Jaden Daniels and Michael Johnson. Yeah. You know, I, I got the film. Those are the those two guys are kind of competing for those last two spots. Yeah. You know, Jaden struggled during the pro day. Yeah. Michael Johnson had a great pro day, and then I thought probably Jaden probably had a better seven on seven than than Michael did. And I think it came down to those two, and also Ty Evans from Colorado. I think he was one of those last few guys. I liked him. Ty had a really good pro, uh, seven on seven. Yeah. You know, again, arm was live. Mm-hmm. I think the only time he threw an interception was when he went up against that defense. We keep kind of calling it that defense, yeah. which was the LV Bunkley, Darion, Green Warren, Elias Rick. Yeah. yeah. How good did LV Bunkley look all weekend catching passes and playing safety? I mean, he was fun to watch for me. I, I'd put him up there with East in terms of how hard he competed There's no all doubt. three days. Yeah. But I like Ty Evans, Dylan, Dylan Morris. Dylan Morris. I thought a, a victim of a lot of drops in his 7-on-7, seven seven, but had a really, really good pro day. I think Kevin and Cade McNamara had the two best pro days in terms of the points yeah. and that accuracy challenge. Um, you know, Cade, a Michigan commitment, you know, 
How about that? You know, I don't think he was in our top 12 coming in. Yeah. But he got the golden ticket. He had a, a, a really good pro day, and he killed the 7-on-7, seven seven, which you knew he would because he, that's what he's built for. He plays a ton of 7-on-7 seven seven with sure. our guy, Coach T, sure. over at TMP. And uh, that was just a, a natural for him. So, overall, oh, I, I also do I want to give some love to Max Dugan. I don't know if his name is Max Dugan or Max Duggan, but keep going to TCU. Yeah. Man, live body, live accurate, live athlete, live accurate arm with an athletic body. He was a surprise for me. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but he was a top five guy for me all week long, too. So uh, I want to throw out, shout out to. Max Dugan for having a really good week as well. Yeah, the kid Evans that you touched on, you actually alerted me to him, Greg. Once I put eyes on him, I instantly began getting those kind of emoji heart eyes. I really <laughs> like the way this kid threw the ball. You talk about driving off that back foot and really torquing that hip to, to to really increase velocity and speed and spin on that football as he follows through. He's a beautiful-looking passer of the football, man. I really liked him. Love how he got back in the pocket and let it go once he saw what he needed to see and anticipated throws. Really good. A couple things I want to touch on really quickly, Greg, before we kind of get to our one to watch. Um, Number one, I want to put out a challenge to all the receivers here in Southern California next year. We need the top ranked, rated, top, forget ranked and rated. Give me the top receivers in Southern California at the Elite 11 next year. No qualms about it. Too many drop passes, too many lazy routes that couldn't finish, too many guys that couldn't get separation versus elite competition. Made it extremely difficult on guys like Ryan Halinski. Made it really difficult on guys like Talia Tagovailoa. There were no windows, Greg, or very little windows, very little space to throw the football. That's why you had to check the ball down. This I'm putting it out, GB. We need the top Southern California receivers Fresno, let's go Central California as well. Bakersfield, San Diego, L.A., I.E., Orange County. Come out next year to the Elite 11. Provide these quarterbacks with legitimate options that can separate, catch the football, and finish so they can put themselves on a platform to really be evaluated with some level of consistency. Because it's difficult, Greg. It's hard not to factor in a guy that can't get separation, a guy that can't get into the window on time at the top of my drop, a guy that cannot finish the play. Yeah, how about catch the football? Yeah. How about we do that? Yeah. So, you know, what they did What they did last year, I thought was a great idea. It's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. And, it, it, it was, you know, it's not Monopoly money. But last year, they had all 24 quarterbacks bring one receiver from their area could be from their high school could be from their area yeah and they they competed they had the one spot left for the opening and they said we're going to give a, a wide receiver mvp and went to gunner romney who was awesome but you add 24 elite receivers to the mix dude all of a sudden now now we're doing something what yeah. they did i want to say two years ago they actually flew in all the receivers who were invited to the opening I, I like receivers. that. I, right? well, and they had they actually had a receiver camp the same time as the quarterback camp, and then so now you're throwing in another you know however many receivers they take for the opening, eighteen to twenty four, whatever. Yeah, add them to the mix. Also, there's always been a lot of USC and UCLA receivers. I didn't see them this year. We saw Chase Cota one year, but what, what would be cool is, is that they they need to have a, a USC or a UCLA quarterback as a counselor every single year. That that guy will be obligated to bring five or six Bruins or trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it be college. And, whatever. And it is. Now you got college dudes. Yeah, out there too. Yeah, we just need competent, talented receivers receiving targets that can finish plays. Um, because for me, for me, GB, and this goes beyond the quarterbacks, but I got to make the statement. The top prospect at the event was not a quarterback. The top prospect at the event was not a receiver. The top prospect of the event that I saw with my own eyes had to be 2020 modern-day DB Elias Ricks. He just looked spectacular and special. On the corner, it, he's just he's an NFL guy. He's, he's a bona fide first-round draft pick. You know, God willing, he stays healthy. He's just a, a special talent. And he was very difficult to get away from. Uh, if they were playing tag, GB, 
the freeze tag, the other guy wouldn't have been able to move for three hours because he just could not get away. Nobody on that side could get away from Elias Ricks. When, and when a guy did get a step, guess what? His length and his ball skills made up for it. So we need some receivers that can go compete against that guy. We can't have Elias Ricks locking everybody up, him and Green Warren and LV Bunky picking guys off and taking to the house. That shouldn't be allowed. But uh, GB, it's time to move on to our next segment. Appreciate you. It's time to get to our one to watch. And our one to watch this week is a kid who has already started with a background of success on the football field, on the gridiron. From what I understand, is a very high character kid with a tremendous grade point average and a great respect for his lineage, uh, for the game, the history of the game, and for his teammates. I want to talk about 2022 quarterback Noah Fafita from the OC Buckeyes. I believe going to Servite High School this upcoming year, Noah, he took his team and they won the national championship of the 14U division with the OC Buckeyes. He went down to Penn State and LeVar Arrington's LeVar Arrington's all-star game, won MVP as the quarterback, threw a couple touchdowns. This kid is a big-time player. I know his dad coached him last year. His family is well-versed into the football football game. He's got an uncle who coaches at Idaho State. But Noah Fafita, quarterback in the 2022 class, you better look out for Troy Thomas. He's getting his guys. Noah Fafita, a big-time leader, big-time ball player, OC Buckeyes, 2022, now at Servite High School. That's where he's headed. Quarterback, one to watch. Look out for this kid, GB. He can go. I like him. I like him from what you just told me. Servite, (laughs) the fighting Troy Thomas's baby. Oh, they are on their way. That's where I'm going. Listen, I've heard the rumblings. Yes. Yes. The fighting dead Hawkins. That fighting dead. You do not want to mess with those guys at all. Hey, man, from what I hear, Troy Thomas is getting his guys. He's got a lot of those OC Buckeyes who just won a national championship coming to Servite, led by Fafita. They've got camps every other weekend at Servite, youth camps. He's going to get his players. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be tough. He's going to get an injection of speed real soon. <laughs> Look out for these guys. The Friars will be back. Ask me this question, though, Keith. Do Go. they want to be coached up? Do they want to get? Do they want some tough love? Because Servite hasn't had issues with getting players. It's getting guys to stay. Yeah. Can you imagine if every player who started off at Servite was still there oh, at geez. Servite? Yeah. It's only going to get tougher with, with Troy Thomas, man. He's a football's coach, football's coach. So... He's gonna he's gonna make you better, but you know a lot of these guys want to have their tails kissed, kissed, and yeah. that's not choice style. So, the right could be something, but if these guys uh, come in with a little prima donna, hey, I don't want to have to work hard. Yeah, guess what? They're gonna have to work hard, or they will just leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, I, you know what? As a father, GB. Well, first off, Troy Thomas is reputation precedes him, right? Precedes him. People understand and know what he's all about. So if you decide to send your student athlete to Servite, you know what you're signing up for. You know as a parent, as a player, what you're getting yourself into. If you can't deal, then by all means, transfer. But I know as a father, I would love for my son to play for Troy Thomas. I don't have a problem with Troy Thomas coaching my kid hard. I don't have an issue with him pushing him to his max every day because I know as a ball coach and as a parent, the only way to get better is that you challenge yourself day in and day out. GB, you know that. You're on the recruiting scene. You challenge yourself every night with insomnia, staying up on your phone, watching your Twitter, getting DMs. Jeez, I I wish it was that, man. I'm I'm staying up watching... Trying to get away from football. Trying to, get, trying to flush that out of my head and watch some other stuff. Watching some bubble guppies or what? No, not that. Though kids were watching that a couple days ago when I was trying to watch <laughs> one of the basketball games. Like I left for a second, commercial comes on, I come back, and they're, they're watching like one of those little bubble guppy shows. <laughs> oh, put the basketball game back on. What the heck? Yeah, man, it, it happens like that. 
Your Cleveland Cavaliers or your L.A. Lakers or your Cavs Lakers or your LeBron Lakers are going down, GB. I see uh, 4-1. Way to go out on a limb there, Keith. Way to go out on, the, on a crazy limb. A, a one-man team is going to struggle against a team with five all-stars. <laughs> is that what you call it, five all-stars? Okay. Well, listen, 4-1, to one, I do think LeBron will win. Listen how I say it. I think LeBron will win one game. I think it's yep. going to be game three. I think he'll, yep. he'll lose game four and come back to uh, to Cali and lose game five. But whatever the case may be, they can't yeah. match up. No, they cannot. And J.R. Smith, <laughs> he's just a funny Poor dude. Guy. You know what? This is I, I watched that replay about 300 times. This is why I think sports can be unfair and how people love to just kill a, kill a guy. Sure. If he gets that rebound and goes back up with it, Durant's probably going to swat that thing into the third row of the stands. Probably. Did, did anyone say that? No, Jr. said that. Durant, but, I didn't see the Jr. interview. I know okay. people were saying. He, I know people were saying he. Did Jr. actually say he thought they were ahead in the interview? No, <laughs> no. Jr. said, you know, I dribbled out because KD was right there. If I would have tried to put it back, he probably would have threw my shot into the stance. Okay. I mean, Durant's six eleven with a seven three wingspan, and he right. was right on top of. I mean, not like Smith was going to go had an uncontested layup. Like I was, dude. When you watch the replay, that, that would have been a hard. And if he makes that, or gets the rebound and misses it, or gets the shot rejected, what they're going to dude? Why did Jared Smith pass it out? What was he thinking? Right. Why did he find LeBron? Right. I mean, these guys can't win, but uh, it was pretty funny. No, it, it was definitely funny. People like to make fun of Jr. Right? He looks kind of like a little. <laughs> Uh, he looks like, he's like a he looks like a like a like a raccoon, and uh, you know he says a bunch of wild things. Uh, but you know, listen, the guy's a professional basketball player, highly successful. Uh, is he perfect? No. Does he make great decisions all the time? No. But neither do I, Greg. I make mistakes. Absolutely, Lots you know. Of them. Thanks a lot, Greg. Trying <laughs> to try to prove your point for you. No, but, I think it's all relative, right? When we say Dr. stinks, it's all relative. You're saying he doesn't stink versus me and you. He stinks versus the best players sure. in the world. Relative I'm to the competition, saying. sure. Relative, and and again, he doesn't stink. He's had a, a really long, uh, pretty nice career. So, yeah, you know, but he has done some pretty uh, outrageous. You know, how about Javale McGee? I mean, some of those Shaq in the full things. I mean, he had another one where that missed that dunk. <laughs> I mean, that guy. He always does something that kind of makes me giggle. He does. Bit. He's kind of cut from that Jr. cloth, but man, has he made a tremendous impact? He did. Uh, and and I was waiting for when Kerr was going to insert him. I thought last year he was a clear key to the series domination. His length inside versus LeBron and his ability to catch high and finish off of screen rolls or, or slip rolls. He was tremendous last game. I don't know. He was six out of six, 14 points, 12 points, something like that. Yeah, but, dude, that's crazy, man. Hey, competitive greatness. Be your best, and your best is needed, as the, the great John Wooden would say. Man, talk about it, GB. Well, hey, listen, that's going to bring us to a close. GB, ready to wrap this baby up. I appreciate you always being ready to drop the bomb on our listeners. Uh, we appreciate all of you guys for listening to us, joining us for today's show. Check us out on Friday, Five Star Friday. we got a special guest. Follow my man Greg Biggins on Twitter at Greg Biggins. Follow me, Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow every show on YouTube. It's dropping on YouTube just in case your device has some type of issue. Without further ado, it's time to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.